You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv news stories right off the top of our headstones, boys and ghouls, to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, we are back for the second part of our Fright for the Whole Family double pack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fun times. (laughs) Last week, we had, well, I should say, we're not here to improve a favorite movie, TV, or game, because our double feature, double pack, double episode series we're doing right now is actually totally original improv storytelling. Last week, we started with an idea that I had come up with that was basically just like an elevator pitch that I had more than a decade ago called Look Alive where I thought it would be funny to take that phrase and do a story about uh, zombies who were trying to pass as living. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we improv it into kind of a reverse survival video game situation. And I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, it went oh, in some absolutely. weird directions. But, I yeah, I definitely had a great time with it. Oh, same. No, it was a lot of fun. I, in fact, I'm still kind of bummed that I can't play that game. I know, right? I was just saying, we were saying before we started recording, we were talking about video games, and I don't really play games that much, but man, I would fucking kill to play a game like that. That sounds like it would be a lot of fun, and it's exactly the kind of game that I would like to play because I don't like a lot of like fighting, like one-on-one and combo moves and fight strategies. <laughs> I, you know, I like to solve puzzles and you know, kind of sneak around and and figure things out and find shit and collect things. You know sort of uh, the fetch quest types games um but yeah so this time it's your idea and you're supposed to bring a, an original idea to the table and very much like you last week where you had completely blank notes in <laughs> front of you because you had no idea what we were doing going in this week i have no idea what we're doing going in so i'll shut up and toss you the mic you gotta tell us what's going on um so i came up with a short horror idea surprise surprise um (laughs) and again surprise it's a little whodunit which is i've said multiple times is my favorite type of uh, horror movie um but i figured for for the title it's called uh suffer the children and it's going to uh take place in the 1990s the early 1990s, like around when we were like 11, 12, 13, that era. Okay, sure. So no cell phones. Uh, parents are still like, you know, kick you outside after school and, you know, come home when the streetlights come on. <laughs> like no one was paying attention to anybody, that type of era. Yeah, we all go see R-rated action movies when we were like 12 and no one cared. Yeah, I yeah, gotcha. exactly. <laughs> you, you, you buy a ticket for Rookie of the Year and you go sneak into, you know, Robin Hood Men in Tights, stuff like that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which is something I did multiple times that summer. Um, but yeah, you know, like small town USA, early 90s, and all of the main characters, which we're, we're going to have to name here, but all of the main characters are going to be children. They're all going to be like, you know, adolescents. So like from like 10 to 13, like 13 would be the oldest character. Now, the the premise for this is that like the, the film would kind of open 
with uh, missing children reports. So we would see like, you know, maybe like a missing kid on the back of a milk carton or like, you know, a, a news report of like, you know, a kid missing, like presumably a runaway type of thing. Um, so there's going to be a lot of stuff with missing kids. But again, our main characters are going to be kids. So first, before we get into anything with mm -hmm. this, uh, let's let's name our characters. I, I, I feel like we need we're going to need at least like five main characters. OK, um, so let's go like, you know, uh, two girls, three boys type of thing. Okay. So All right, you said two girls, three boys. Make some notes here. OK. Uh, and, and as we typically do, I immediately just thought of, OK, what are the stereotypes, the tropes from the era? Like what would we have seen in, mm -hmm. you know, tween movies of the time? Um, so there's probably going to be some like scrappy tomboy girl. Yep. Right. Uh, maybe like an overweight kid that has a terrible nickname. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, okay, hold on. Scrappy Tom girl. Let's go with Sam. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel like that, that 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 fits. Okay. Um. So we'll go Sam. Uh, boys. Let's see the the chubby kid. Cause yeah, of course it's funny. I actually did picture a chubby kid in here. Um. Oh God. Now, <laughs> what did what did we do when we had Sam Grandquist on and we did our sequel to return of the living dead we had a kid what, what, what do you what did we call him it was like lardass or something oh i gotta look oh, it up yeah i don't remember now it's been so long wasn't it bitch tits was it bitch no. tits oh if it wasn't we gotta use it this time hang on i gotta go look it up i don't i don't think it was but i feel like bitch tits is perfect <laughs> what did we call that guy oh shit i gotta look it up now we had yeah, it was. His name was Clarence, and everybody called him Bitch Tits. <laughs> His best friend, who wanted to be called Raven, called him That's Bitch right. Tits. <laughs> and we, pic oh, we pictured a, a scene like uh, like when it's, uh, was it Fat Kid from Monster Squad? When he like cocks the gun, he's like, my name is Horace. That's why we called yep. him Clarence. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, shit, that's funny. Old bitch tits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we we could we could do something. Oh, man, because that's that's so good. Bitch tits are so funny. Um, <laughs> well, uh, let, well, let's uh, instead of doing something like you know, fat kid or chubs or something that's just like specific to him being like a big kid but what if we named him after some other pop culture character who's a big guy like uh grimace or something like that uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> nothing can destroy the grimace oh my god so, all right let's let's see uh so the fat kid will be nicknamed grimace <laughs> Uh, and his real name should be, um, I don't know what, you know what, fuck, I'll, I'll go with Mike. His real name is Mike because <laughs> I was the fat kid I got made fun of. So there we go. Um, so is, okay. When we, when we do our year end review episode, I might have to go back and figure out how many improvs we did where we had a character named Mike or like and Billy Josh. <laughs> and Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was actually going to say, fuck it. We got to move on. So let's call another kid, Josh. <laughs> Yeah, sure. That's okay. So I was the like nerdy kid who read a lot of like fantasy novels and shit like that. So let's have the kid uh, similar to in Dream Warriors, where there's that one kid who's really into like Dungeons and Dragons and shit. So mm -hmm. let's have let's have a sort of a nerdy kid, not like the traditional like Poindexter type of nerd, but like a kid who's really into like J.R.R. Tolkien and always has like a paperback in his back pocket and shit like that. Um, yeah. 
we'll call it, maybe he's got like asthma or something but you know no glasses no po- pocket protector like none of that shit you know just, more like just a, a nerd yeah just a nerdy bookish kid okay and then uh for the third boy um i don't know we we're we're gonna need like kind of a leader type you know like mm-hmm. the uh so I don't know. I, I'm I'm blanking on names. I, I apologize to the listeners right now because I am just coming off of a cold and I have medicine head at the moment. Uh, so this might get a little loopy and I might have to uh, mute out to cough and sneeze. But, uh, you know, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK. No, I think you're right. So we kind of have like the two outcasts with like, you know, the kind of like chubby kid and like the boogish kid. So we should have a kid who's more. Uh, of a tough, a misfit, you know, yeah, like a like a bender from Breakfast Club if, when he was 11, kind of a kid, maybe, you know, maybe not that much of a jerk, but, you know, right. the, or the kind of kid who, you know, he's like 11, but he acts like he's 17. And he has like a like a jean jacket vest with like a studded bracelet, <laughs> you know, right. and like he spikes his hair up again. I'm thinking of Monster Squad and I forget the older kid's name. Rudy. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but a kid like that, you know, a kid who's like he's he's had to grow up way too fast. Maybe he's got bad parents, you know, so he's he's definitely like, uh, you know, has grown up a lot more than the other kids. Uh, so right. he's going to kind of take the lead. OK, so what about, uh, you know, we were actually just talking about um, people reappropriating. Uh, what is that? Uh, Paul from Dune into like oh, main yeah. characters. <laughs> let's just call him Paul. So, yeah, that works for me. So All he's right, Paul. Yeah, so. And uh, then let, let's have his little sister be the other uh, girl mm-hmm, in the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just call her Tammy, just because okay. that's the first name that came to mind. So okay. Sam, Sam and Tammy. <laughs> we got Sam, Tammy, Mike, Josh, and Paul. Okay. <laughs> so, that works for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So the, the basic premise here is that we have these kids all going to, and, and I have them going to a Catholic school only because I'm naming it after the Catholic school that I went to called Sacred Heart. Okay, um, sure. Just because there's elements that I pulled from that. Like when I was, I was thinking about the story, I'm like, Ooh, this would be fun. Um, so, so yeah, so they're, they're going to a, a local school. Uh, it's like a middle school, Sacred Heart. And, um, you know, they're hearing all around town that there are kids going missing. And, you know, at first people think that they're runaways, you know, it, it, that it's not like, yeah, it's a big deal, but it's not like someone's abducting kids. You know, it's not like that. Um, and then one kind of goes missing from their neighborhood. And the kid that goes missing, we're going to have him be like from kind of a broken home where it's like, you know, the dad is a is a known alcoholic, kind of like the town kind of knows he's a bit of a dick. Uh, mom is like overworked and never home because she's working like two jobs to try to support her family. And her, you know, lush of a husband just kind of sits around all day being abusive and verbally abusive to anyone who talks to him. Well, this kid goes missing and everyone thinks, OK, you know, this has to be a runaway. Like that's that would be the first kid that would go missing. Um, and then we would start seeing all the other you know, reports of kids going missing. So now that the town is kind of like on edge. Okay. And, uh, you know, so we we start off with with that information and then it's a brand new school year. It's a school year just starting. And, you know, it's it's filled with all the normal things that that kids have to deal with, you know, bullies and homework and murder. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, basically they have to have to figure out what the fuck is going on in their little town. Um, So the first thing that, of course, is going to come to mind is who is taking these kids and why? Like, what's going on here? So what do you got? Anything to to kick us off? 
Okay, so right off the bat, since we were on the the name track, I couldn't help but think uh, of a name for the missing boy. Um, for some reason, I was just thinking of Dominic, thinking of like the the boy they were looking for in Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, as we've seen in the past, it's always better to have names rather than refer to our characters as the missing boy. Um, yeah, right, exactly. Right. So Dominic, okay. yeah, that works. Okay, okay. so we have Dominic, and then... So Dominic is like the last straw as far as Paul's concerned. That's kind of what I'm hearing, right? Mm-hmm. So like there's kids going missing in town, and Paul, who's kind of this misfit loner, he's kind of on his own, does his own thing. You know, His parents suck too. Maybe that's why he and Dominic were friends, because they both had shitty parents. You know, Dominic was a little bit more of a abused, and you know, maybe he was a little bit more of like the whipped puppy who would tag along with, on with Paul on his uh, capers and antics, you know, mm-hmm. so now Dominic goes missing and Paul's like, well, fuck if these lame ass adults aren't going to find all these kids in town. Like we should do it guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, it's yeah. totally like the, they're going to do the Scooby gang sleuthing. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. Okay. So in terms of like what it is and you know, why are the kids missing? that that's a big question mark it could be (laughs) we could go super dark and have it be like an actual like human serial killer um because i think typically in in a movie with characters this age you're going to expect something supernatural like a monster which is also totally fine and i could uh, i have an idea or two that's bubbling up for like a cool uh like monster in the woods but Mm -hmm. at the same time like it would be kind of an interesting twist to do uh, a straight up just serial killer slasher type story, but all the main characters are like 11 instead of, you know, like horny right. teenagers, you know? Like. Well, and the it's funny you mention that because that was literally the original premise for this, uh, this story uh, back when it was just kind of going to be a short story is it was going to be about a young serial killer. But I did back off of that only because I was like, eh, dealing with kids dying in school and having a young, I was like, eh, I feel like that might be a little much. So mm-hmm. I did pull back from it as much as I, I like that concept. But it reminds me of stuff like, um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Milo or, yeah. or, or Mikey, uh, like the horror movies where like the kid is the killer type of thing. Very mm-hmm. good son-esque. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know what, I, I'm going to I'm gonna go in a different, different direction uh, with the the quote unquote monster or the, the villain of the story. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, so like, yeah, these kids are deciding that they're going to have to sleuth. They're going to have to figure this out because the parents, you know, they're, they're just thinking these kids ran away. You know, they're, they're not thinking that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a villain out there basically. And, um, you know, maybe like Paul knows Dominic so well, like he knows like that he wouldn't, he wouldn't run away. Like, yeah, his family sucks. Like, his dad's an asshole. His siblings are jerks. You know, his mom can't be there because she's always working, but he wouldn't run away. Like he especially wouldn't leave his younger sister, that type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Paul is convinced like somebody's up to something. So they're, they're going to, we're going to have the, you know, we, we have to have like the montage scene, of course, of like, uh, you know, the, the various culprits around town like mm-hmm. maybe like the, the old butcher like mr peters or something like <laughs> they're like yeah he looks like the type you know so kind of like watching all the different people but they eventually decide on the janitor at the school mr brown and they think like he's up to something like maybe, maybe he's getting a little too friendly with the kids like he's he's constantly talking to the kids he's asking them personal questions like he's always you know always around it was watching the kids at recess watching them at lunch and like Paul starts to notice this and he's like, something's wrong with that dude. 
So like I want okay. Mr. Brown to be like the the uh, mm. person that they're the person of interest. Let's say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like this. Um, can we back up a little bit? Um, Absolutely. C- Absolutely. A couple of things. Couple of things popped into my head. You mentioned something like about how Dominic wouldn't leave his little sister, right? That that mm. Paul knows that. What if Tammy is is Dominic's little sister, not Paul's? Because oh, okay, Paul, yeah. I think it would make more sense if Paul was like the only child, especially if his parents are just completely neglectful of him and he's just on his own, you know, doing his own thing. I think it would make more sense. Uh, and I really like giving agency to characters that you wouldn't normally expect. So having like the nine year old little sister kick off the story by going to Paul and basically saying, like, look, my brother's missing. You know, he's missing. I know you can do something about it. You got to help. Uh, You know, and I think that that's an interesting way to start the story. And I don't think Paul needed much of an excuse. But then, you know, seeing this, uh, you know, teary eyed little sister, he's like, yeah, we got to do this shit. Put the gang together. (laughs) You know, Um, I I, I like that. I didn't even think of that. That, That's a good idea. I like that a lot. Okay, so I think this is good. What if I really like this idea of building like a cast of suspects? Yes, we can zero in on Mr. Brown as the lead suspect or the one who seems most likely to be the culprit or a killer. But yeah, let's have at least a little bit of, like you mentioned, kind of going through the town and thinking about who else it could possibly be, because then we can put some more suspects out there, especially when you think if, if it's a whodunit, it's always a really good idea to put a character into a story who seems inconsequential, who then later comes back as like the secret killer or monster or whatever and then you're like oh fuck i forgot all about her or him or Mm -hmm. whatever right that's always a really good way to lay in a mystery because then you have more than just like one suspect or maybe it was secretly like the english teacher the other one adult we met you know Um, right so yeah so this would be kind of a fun way to kind of you know meet the town maybe we have a sequence where you know it's paul who is you know maybe he's watching the news the 11 o'clock news, he's supposed to be in bed and he's sort of like standing down the dark hallway while his like parents who are passed out drunk in the living room, they left the TV on, you know, and he doesn't want to go in and wake them up, but he's watching the news and he's getting mad because he's, you know, they're like, you know, the latest, uh, you know, disappearance of a boy in town, you know, Dominic last name, you know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I should have been taking a drink of my coffee right there. <laughs> Dominic last name. <laughs> All right, so you you see Paul getting mad, and this is like a kind of an interesting way to start the story because you're going to start off with immediately, boom, that's the MacGuffin victim. Boom, here's our main character. He clearly has a connection because he's like watching the TV and not scared but angry about it. And then yeah, maybe he like tries to go to sleep. He can't go to sleep. He you know whatever he goes he he gets up and he maybe he's going to go to school the next morning. Gets up early to you know go through the woods and go check out like the uh, the cool like shack or like hideout that like he and Dominic built and and then the sister comes out was like I knew you'd find you here like Dominic's missing you're the only one who can help that you know that kind of shit right right <laughs> um and then yeah as they're like you know Paul's like oh well, I'm going to need some help you know maybe so maybe. Uh, We kind of do that recruiting thing where he's going to go and, you know, bang on like Josh's window and Josh is going to open the window and be like, oh, what the heck, man? Like, I don't I don't have to get up for school for another 10 minutes. What are you doing here? (laughs) You know, Um, (laughs) right. And same thing with, you know, Grimace and Sam, like we can if you want, we can kind of go through them one by one. But what I'm getting at is as Paul is going around town, 
he's going to start noticing other people. And then as the group gets bigger, they're all going to go to school. But it's like it gives us a chance to walk around town, get the lay of the land. What's the town look like? Where's the school? Uh, the element or the middle school like in relation to you know the town hall or their houses or whatever and then there's gonna you're gonna you're gonna see like uh the old man who's always sitting on the bus stop bench but never gets on the bus you know the old yep. crazy guy that guy or you're gonna see like uh the crossing guard who maybe you know maybe it's uh she you know, pats the kids on the back a little bit more than like they're comfortable with, you know, like right. something like that. Or maybe the, or like the old, the old man at the, dr- the old guy that works at the drugstore that's always like watching the kids a little too closely, you know, that type of yeah. thing. Like just, just kind of being creepy. Yeah. Well, that'd be good too. <laughs> and not to stereotype too much, but yeah, as Josh and Paul and Tammy, and maybe by this point they have Sam as they're going to school, you know, maybe they go in the drugstore and there's Grimace, you know, who's like loading up his pockets and they're like, we knew you'd find you in here, you know, Chubbo or whatever. And like, he's like, Oh, I got to like load up for the day, you know, <laughs> <laughs> stuffing Twinkies and shit in his pockets. He's like, you know, he's gotta be, gotta be prepared. Gotta have like the rations for the day. Right. <laughs> Exactly. You know, and of course they're going to get to school and there's going to be like the vice principal who stands at the front door and just yells at all the kids to like, hurry up, you're going to be late and, you know, tuck your shirt in and tie your shoe and, oh, wait till I tell your dad or, you know, whatever. Just this fucking blowhard guy who, you know, or woman maybe who, you know, doesn't really doesn't really do anything, but is just kind of intimidating for the sake of being intimidating. And we can kind of build this cast. Basing it on my my elementary school that I went to, Sacred Heart, we had uh, Sister Mary and Sister Carol were the heads of the uh, school. And yes, they were very aggressive and very nasty um, to the point where, like, you know, everyone I know that went to Sacred Heart has some kind of horror story with one of them or both of them being horrible human beings. So, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, this is good too because yeah, first of all, nuns are scary as shit, so that's good. Um mm-hmm. but then it'll, it'll just help us in general with developing personalities too. Like you're going to see the other kids all have like their school uniform on and maybe Sam who's like forced to wear a skirt is just like adjusting it the whole time, like aggressively twisting yep. it around. Like it's never comfortable. Right. And, but maybe, uh, Paul has his uniform on, but he still has his like jean vest jacket, you know, jean vet jacket vest on. And mm. when he gets to the school, one of the, the nuns is going to give him some shit about, you know, Mr. Alvarez, you put on your blazer right this instant and take off that trash, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm having flashbacks to fucking <laughs> elementary school. <laughs> yeah, so it, it'd be kind of fun that way. But yeah, no, I think this is a good idea. So yeah, we kind of build this cast around town. I really like the drugstore guy. I like the creepy crossing guard. I like the shitty nuns. Well, sorry, what were their names again? I didn't write them down. Uh, Sister Mary and Sister Carol. Okay. Okay. And then, of course, they get into school. Mr. Brown, the janitor... You know, maybe they bump into him like right right away, you know, or maybe maybe Josh like slips on the wet floor like an idiot because he's like nose in his book. And and then, you know, uh, Mr. Brown's like, yo, look at the sign. Wet floor, you know, <laughs> Actually, you know, what we should we should have him do is like Mr. Brown, like maybe he like runs over and like helps him up. But he's like crouched down at like the kid's level and he's got like both of his hands on his shoulders and like, are you OK? And he's like, the, like maybe staring a little too long, like. 
looking like maybe he might be a little weird. You know what I mean? Like a little, little yeah. into this kid. And, but you know, he's, he just, you know, creeps the kid out. So like everyone's yeah. like, oh, there's something wrong with that dude, you know, cause it, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. But so yeah, I, I like this idea of having, uh, having them go around town and like systematically one by one, try to rule out each of them as being like a villain. So maybe like they, that, you know, they, they discuss Dominic missing, they discuss all the kids missing. So we're going to have like this powwow, maybe at recess, uh, we'll have all the kids like kind of standing outside, like at, at one corner of like the little recess area behind the school and have them like, maybe, maybe like Paul sitting there, like hiding a cigarette, like smoking, you know, doing the bad boy <laughs> thing. And, uh, kind of explaining to the other kids like you know there's there's something going on like dominic wouldn't run away we know that like and have you guys seen you know all the you know all the missing kid reports like over the last over the summer you know like why are so many you know so many kids of all ages like going missing like what's happening like maybe there's been like five missing kids in and around their town so maybe like mm -hmm. maybe the next town over stuff like that you know it's like it's not all localized in their town but it's close enough where it could be someone hitting the area um mm -hmm. You know, so they're kind of like breaking it down. So then we're going to have the, you know, the montage scene that every fucking, you know, kid movie or kid led movie needs to have where you have the Scooby gang. Um, and like they decide we're going to figure this out. So let, let's like systematically go one by one through the through the different suspects. Like maybe they follow, you know, the the, the old crossing guard home like she's a, well, we say old, but, you know, to, to the kid, she's old to she's them, like 40, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and like they follow Ancient. her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So they, they, they follow her home and find out, like, not only is she, like, happily married, but she has, like, two young children, like a like a toddler and an infant, you know, and they're like, oh, OK, well, she's clearly like a happy mom. <laughs> like She just really likes kids. Like, OK, like everything's kind of kosher with her. And, you know, and we're going to, like, slowly break that down. So, like, you know, maybe they they, they like watch the drugstore guy and, you know, we, we maybe he seems like a, he still seems creepy, you know, but he's uh like they can't find anything on him you know it's just like he he still he's still maybe a suspect but like they're not seeing anything super out of the ordinary with him um yeah. you know like the, maybe the, the old the old butcher guy you know they they find out like he doesn't even live in town like he actually drives in for like an hour that type of thing you know they're like oh wow okay so maybe it's him who knows so we're gonna we're gonna go one by one but the, the thing is i want them to get to mr brown and like you know follow him home and like try try to look in his home but like all of his curtains are like closed like they can't get a peek in his house and eventually they're like we gotta we gotta find out you know if he if he's the one if he's the one doing stuff so we're gonna have them like do a little breaking and entering uh <laughs> as you do <laughs> of course yeah. you know it's it's an early 90s film you know it wasn't a big deal to break into someone's house back then come on yeah. yeah, and maybe uh, this would be – I can't think of an example off the top of my head because this is the kind of detail that I would have to, like, look up. It's hard to do in an improv, but it, Josh should say something like uh, – or while they're talking, kind of whispering amongst themselves, maybe they're, like, laying down in the grass over, like, a little hill next to Mr. Brown's house, and they're all kind of chatting, like, okay, like, we got to get in there and find out what he's got in that, you know, basement behind all the blacked-up windows. There's got to be something in there. Those kids are in there. You know, Tammy's like, Dominic's in there. <laughs> and yep. then have Josh be like, okay, so I read about this in a whatever, like, you know, uh, 
like a Encyclopedia Brown kind of a Hardy Boys kind of a book. Like, again, I'm just kind of making this up, but he read about right. it in one of these like child detective adventure books. And uh, he's like, OK, you know, and it was like book three in the teen detective Wonderkind series or whatever the fuck, you know. And, <laughs> right. But basically, what he's he's just going to use that as a means to explain of like, OK, so, you know, we have to get like a letter opener and like a pack of gum and we can like, you know, get the, the door latch open. It'll work just like they said in the book, you know, whatever, right. you know, <laughs> just to kind of uh, have some opportunity for for some characterization. But, yeah, even if it's dumb, it's like, yeah, all they're really going to do is figure out a way to Jimmy open the the latch on like the basement window, those like egress windows that are like yep. basically on the ground. And then they're going to sneak in that way. And of course, you know, Grimace is like, I'm never going to fit in that window. What are you talking about? That's crazy. And, you know, and <laughs> maybe, maybe Sam or Tammy, one of them is like, I ain't going in a dark ass basement. <laughs> you know, well, what if, what if instead of like the basement window, it, it was like, uh, you know, how like some houses have those, like, um, like a mudroom back porch type of thing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, what if it's one of those where like, it, it's the types of windows, that like open outward like kind of up on those like little stilts you know what i'm saying okay Mm -hmm. so so like they figure out a way to like pop that open and then like they push tammy and they're like unlock the door you know so she unlocks the back door then they all kind of creep in um and like once they're in like maybe and, and maybe this is like uh you know on a saturday afternoon or something where they're not sure if mr brown is at home or out you know like they're they don't they don't really know like maybe he doesn't have a car maybe he just walks back and forth to school okay, um yeah. So they like they creep in and they look around and they and they don't find anyone around. Like everything is pristine, like perfectly cleaned. So it's like you walk around like there's there's no dust anywhere. Everything's put away perfectly. There's there's not a lot of decoration. It's just like your basic cookie cutter house. And it's like this is kind of creepy. It doesn't look lived in, you know. So they eventually like go down in the basement. And once they get down in the basement, this is where I want, like, the, the reveal to be. So, like, we get down there, and there's, like, this big door, like, all locked up. And they're like, holy shit, he's got to have the kids back there. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe maybe they, like, find something like a hammer or bolt cutters or something. They break their way in, right? And once they get in, they're going to find empty cages and, like, all sorts of bizarre shit, like, chains with rosaries wrapped through them. Um, you know, like... Oh, shit random jugs of water everywhere crosses all over the walls everywhere strings of garlic a pile of wooden Mm. stakes so either (laughs) he's fucking nuts or he's a vampire hunter (laughs) yeah no that's that's fucking awesome as soon as you mentioned like cages with weird rosaries and shit i'm like oh so this is totally like a misdirect like they're gonna think that he's a like a child abductor weird like catholic catholic you Uh know like weirdo who thinks that little kids are like sinful little monsters but secretly he's like a like a monster killer and he's the only one like keeping the rest of the kids in town from all being murdered you know right But again, these kids aren't going to realize that because they're going to be like, well, vampires aren't real. Clearly, this guy's fucking nuts. Like, look, he has cages and he has like pointy weapons. Like, he's clearly the one taking the kids. He's doing something to them. So they're not going to immediately jump to like vampires. They're going to just think he's fucking nuts. So now it's like, how do they what do they do? So like while they're down there, they hear Mr. Brown come home. So it's like, (laughs) so like, what do we do? Um, so maybe like when, when they hear him come home, like we hear like some, like some muffled, like grunting and groaning and like, like somebody's with him. 
So now they're like, they're mm-hmm. hiding out and we hear them coming down the stairs and like they scatter, just like hide in different parts of the basement. Um, and we see him like drag this teenage boy down into the into the basement and throw him in one of the cells and like the kid is like yelling i'm like what are you doing like i you know i want my parents like he's freaking out so like mm-hmm. the whole time he seems like a normal kid and mr brown like walks over maybe walks over to like workbench and he's just like he's kind of like leaning on it with his back to the camera and just like goes and picks up like a cross and then like a wooden stake <laughs> And he walks back to the cage and the guy's like screaming, like, don't do anything. Like, I don't want to die. Like, he's just freaking out. And like the kid's like, we got to we got to stop him. We got to stop him. So like, you know, maybe like Grimace just like runs out and like tackles Mr. Brown. Just like bowls him over with his weight. <laughs> nice. And yeah. the other kids come running out and they like they get the kid out of the out of the cell and the kid runs off like he just beats mm-hmm. feet out of the house so like they're like come on we gotta go we gotta go and as mr brown's like confused like what the fuck just hit me um yep. you know he goes to get up and he sees the kids and like maybe he locks eyes with paul like they mm-hmm. they see each other and like he grabs his friends and they get the fuck out and they run out and they all scatter and they you know get off into the woods so like oh my god oh my god he saw me he knows it was me like they're all freaking out and they're starting to think like mr brown is the killer so they go, uh, let's have them go to, like, the cops or something. Like, actually, like, mm-hmm. go and tell the authorities. And maybe he gets arrested. Like, you know, because they're, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, these these kids saw this, blah, blah, blah. And then they see the, the dude's basement. He has, like, fucking cages and weapons. And they're like, um, no, we're, we're yeah. taking you downtown for questioning. Like, some yeah, shit's going sure. down. So, like, we never get Mr. Brown's side of the story at this point. Like, we just... Yeah. Like, he's, he's a crazy old coot that was trying to kill kids. Yeah. Well, okay, so I'm really liking this idea. The light bulbs are going off. My brain's going in 100 different directions. Um, do we want to maybe make it a little bit less obvious that it's, like, vampires, like, specifically? Like, uh, maybe there's, like, maybe not wooden steak. Or maybe there's just, like, crosses and rosaries. and Or maybe no garlic. Like, let, let's just not make yeah. it so obvious and okay. yeah and maybe when he goes to the workbench like he picks up a cross but then like the camera pans down and it's been like filed into a point you know what i mean like oh like cr- okay or like the cross is a stake but at the same time that's not going to scream vampire it's just like you know crazy weird catholic nutbag you know who thinks kids suck and so it's just kill him with a cross and we have to have one of the characters uh, like Sam, maybe who says that, like, oh, this is just one of those, you know, like uh, crazy religious nuts, you know, who who thinks that, you know, he grew up with the nuns and thinks that all little kids are little bags of sin, and he's just, you know, he's he's crazy, he's just gonna kill them. He probably sees them, you know, like uh, jaywalk or pick their nose or something, and thinks that oh, little monsters that need to be killed, you know, and exactly to kind of like draw the uh the narrative draw the audience toward thinking oh okay yeah he's just nuts and then of course later on if we if it turns out to really be vampires in hindsight it'll kind of make a little bit more sense you know right um um, so i know i really like this idea and i like the idea of when this teenage kid runs out again i think somebody like sam would probably be like hey wait hold up and like chase after the teen that they didn't really recognize, but of course she's going to be like, you know, Hey, like we helped you like, hang on a second. While their other kids are just panicking and running 
to your point, you know, Paul and Mr. Brown, like they lock eyes. Maybe Mr. Brown starts to say something like, wait, you don't understand. And then like, boom, Paul beats feet. They all kind of scatter. They meet back up at like the little hideout, right, where mm-hmm. Paul and Dominic had in the woods. Maybe they, they agreed that would be like their meetup spot. When Sam comes, she's like, I don't know who that kid was, man. He ran faster than anybody. Like he must be on the track team. Like he was gone. And, yep. <laughs> you know, Um and then, yeah, and then Paul, they go to the cops, Paul gets arrested, and, you know, the whole time, you know, there's that, give me that slow motion shot where they walk him off in cuffs, and he kind of turns and looks at Paul and gives him this meaningful look that, mm-hmm. you know, in his head is like, oh, kid, you fucked up, but to Paul is like, gotcha, bitch, you know? Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, well, hold on. let's go back to the basement for a second. I love the idea of the, of the pointed cross. So what if, we, let, let's play that up a little bit more. So when they go in, we see the cages, and we see the, the chains with the rosaries wrapped around it, and there's crosses fucking everywhere but what if like in the cages like on the the concrete floor of the basement there's like dark stains so we don't know exactly what it is but it looks like it could be a blood stain that yep. type of a thing and like it's just it, it looks like a fucking murderer's basement like maybe Absolutely. there's a bunch of knives or stuff like maybe there, there are other things on that workbench other than just a pointed cross like maybe there's just you know actual like hunting knives and you know like uh like weird like clamps and hammers and shit that it's like what was he using all that for <laughs> you know? yeah like it looks like a torture chamber right yeah right yeah no i like that a lot um so. and so I don't know where you were going next, but the whole time that you were talking about Mr. Brown getting arrested and, you know, the kids kind of getting together saying, oh, it must be him. Is all I can think is, well, the very next day, there's going to be another kid that goes missing while Mr. Brown is in jail. Right. Oh, that, of course. To me, that's the most <laughs> that has to happen next. Right. <laughs> yep. I think so. What we would do is like we'd have we'd have that, and then like you know, because um, Mr. Brown, you know, he hasn't been convicted of anything yet. He's been he's been arrested to be investigated because they found all this horrible shit in his house. Um, so it's like yeah, he's basically held for questioning, um, and maybe they can't actually find anything on him other than like the kid's word. So like that has to go to trial and all that, of course. Like there has to be more investigation. So Mr. Brown is is he's indisposed at the moment. Um, but yeah, the very next day, you know, like the kids are talking, like, you know, we, we solved it, blah, 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 blah. And then like, maybe have like Sam come and meet up at the, like the clubhouse and be like, did you guys see the news? And like, what? And then like, find out like another kid from their school went missing. Oh, shit. So yeah. maybe it was somebody know, that we met earlier in the movie, like some random kid that they said hi to, you know? Yeah. Like maybe it's, it's like, uh, maybe like one of, uh, Josh's friends, like maybe one of his D and D buddies or something like that. Like, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, have, have uh, her, have her come and be like, you know, like, did you guys hear what happened to Bill? And you're like, just <laughs> the kid went missing and it's like, oh shit. You know? So it's like another kid that they knew. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like uh, hitting even more close to home for some of them. Yeah. And, and at the same time, I don't know how this fits like narratively, but all I can think is if they, when they turn in Mr. Brown, I think that, you know, the kids' parents obviously are going to want to get involved and we're going to kind of see them. We don't really necessarily need to meet all of them, but maybe there's a scene where 
kind of a montage where they're like in the police station, you know, being questioned like one at a time and separately. And, you know, we kind of have some, you know, creepy music over the top of this little montage. But then at the end of it, you got to have Paul like bust through the doors of the or bust out of the doors of the police station with his parents on his heels. And they're both just like, I can't believe you caused this kind of trouble for us. We had to go to the police, you know, and and they're just they're pissed at him for even talking to a cop and for getting them involved because they had to like drag their high asses off the couch and come down and like you know be real human beings for a little while so they don't even care that there's potentially like a serial killer in town that their own son caught he's a hero but instead no he's a piece of shit failure because they had to get dragged away from the tv and their beers you know yep Fuck them. <laughs> exactly. Fictional and, and characters, we don't even have names, and I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe maybe that's why, like, Dominic and Paul became so close to begin with, because, like, both of them had parents that were just, like, drunken dicks, you know? Or at least, like, yeah. in, in Dominic's case, like, his mom isn't a drunken dick, you know? She's she's doing everything she can to keep the family together, but her dad is, mm-hmm. his dad is a fucking asshole. Oh. Um, oh, and that would be a great scene, too, as Paul runs off from his own shitty parents. Maybe he sees Dominic's mom there, and she's crying, and she's just like, you know, I know that, you, like, he was, you know, whatever, like, you were his only friend, you're like, I know you're just trying to help, or whatever, and we kind of, you know, so it's like, you know, he thinks of Dominic's mom as more of, like, his own mom, and, you know, Dominic was, like, his real family, but yeah, you know, Dominic's dad's there who's yeah he's he's like uh paul's dad's like drinking buddy you know yeah yeah exactly like they're 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 two old bar flies you know (laughs) yeah i'm I'm thinking of dominic's dad is like he's like the abusive drunk whereas paul's parents are just so neglectful that you know Mm -hmm. it's annoying that they have to even pay attention to him you know Um, yeah it's like the other type of abuse you know and it's yeah they're, they're, they're ignoring their children rather than actually you know paying attention yeah um Okay, so after all of this kind of thing, you know, kind of bring in the police and then maybe the town that was scared for like one night, they breathe a sigh of relief and then, oh, shit, now there's another kid missing. And, you know, now the town is kind of on edge. But our our little like uh, losers club, you know, they're they're. They're like galvanized to do something like they really tried. They thought they had the answer. Now they potentially have put an innocent man in jail. They still think he's creepy as fuck, but he, you know, he's obviously not the killer or not the only one. And uh, but of course, you know, Sam is going to bring up, well, what about that kid that he had? In the basement, like I said, I tried to chase him to stop and talk to him if I know who he was. But he just like took off like bad out of hell. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So maybe they're like, we need to find out who that kid was. And they're like, well, hey, Sam, do you remember like what direction was he running? Was it like and she was like, yeah, it wasn't into town. It was like out in the woods, you know, west or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, you know, that's, uh, you know, whatever the next town over is. That's and that's where. Yeah, Shelbyville. <laughs> exactly. It's always Shelbyville. Yeah. Um, you know, like that that's toward, you know, uh we'll call it, you know, Shelbyton, whatever. That's toward <laughs> Shelbyton. And that's where maybe uh earlier on we had talked about like some of the victims being from another town. So maybe the victim like right before Dominic, you know, was uh was uh, uh Susie from Shelbyton and they're you know, they, we kinda bring that up like, yeah, Sam he you know Sam says, oh, he ran that way through the woods. And, you know, Grimace is like, oh, well, you know, Shelbyton's that way. And, you know, Paul or Josh is like, oh, yeah, that that kid Susie, like, disappeared, like, two nights before Dominic. She was from Shelbyton. And 
whether they think it's suspicious or not, I don't know, but just to kind of, you know, throw it out for the audience to understand. But of course, they're now going to decide that they're going to, you know, go on like a mission. So they're going to load up with like flashlights and snacks and they're going to tromp off through the woods on the way to Shelbyton to find this kid. Mm -hmm. I I love it (laughs) because they think maybe they can get some more information from him. Like, you know, why did Mr. Brown have him? You know, he, as far as they know, he's the only person that's got any kind of clues uh, because they can't talk to Mr. Brown. They think they're wrong about him anyway. So the only other person that has any connection to this case is this teenager supposedly from Shelbyton. So now, you know, it's a teenage movie. They got to like, you know, go tromping through the woods like in Stand By Me or The Goonies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so they, they go they go to uh, Shelbyton looking for this other kid. Uh, I don't know. Let's just call him uh, Ryan because that's the first name that came to my mind. Um, so there, I was going to say Ricky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not our name. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so so they, they, they go they go to, to Shelbyton looking for, for this kid. And, like, maybe they can't find Hyden or hair of him. They're just like, what the fuck? But when they get there they see like, you know, a telephone pole with like missing kid posters and like, they're like, what the fuck is going on around here? Like there, there seems to be even more missing kids over here than, you know, than we, than we heard of like, cause again, they're kids. They're not paying attention to the news constantly. They just mm-hmm. started paying attention to the news when their friend went missing. So like, this has been going on and they're like, what the fuck is happening? So what I, what I want to, to have happen here is more kids start to go missing from their school, particularly from their school. Okay. So, you know, like as the days go on, like they're they're desperately trying to find this kid and they, they can't find him. But, you know, Mr. Brown's still incarcerated at, at the moment and kids are still going missing. So clearly they did not find the right person. Um, like, yeah, Mr. Brown might be a fucking mm-hmm. psychopath, but <laughs> you know they didn't find the right guy. So um, eventually, like, I don't know how to get to that point. Like there's obviously going to be a lot of, um, you know, sleuthing, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term. Uh, of them, like, trying to find this kid, trying to figure out who the killer is. Um, but eventually they will find this this Ryan kid. Um, but I don't know. Do we want to give the reveal here or do we want to play it up more? No, I think let's do the reveal. But just in terms of, like, what I'm picturing for them, how they find Ryan is you mentioned other kids going missing. So, yeah, what if they take, they take off through the woods, they go to Shelbyton and – they see all these other missing, you know, kids on these posters, like more than even in their town, like the, whoever is taking kids is taking them even more from Shelbyton than from their town, hometown, USA, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's creeping them out. That's, that's, that's going to be like a creepy revelation to them that, Oh shit, like this is worse than we even thought. And, um, but maybe they see on, I, I don't know if they should see Ryan on one of the posters or if maybe somebody like Grimace, who's like real artistic, should like draw a picture of him. But one way or the other, I'm thinking that they should be kind of be showing it around. And we do another little montage scene of them walking through town, showing the picture, you know, to adults. They're all shaking their heads and, you know, maybe like looking upset, like, oh, no, another kid missing. But then like they're back at home and watching the news and like, you know, hometown, you know, child number 14 gone missing. And then the next day through the woods again, back in Shelbyton. And like, they're skipping school, you know, because every day they're just going through the woods to Shelbyton looking for this kid for three, four days in a row. And then eventually, 
you know, maybe they're all they all meet up in front of like an alleyway, you know, by a by a restaurant in Shelbyton. And now the montage and the music is over so we can kind of find out what's been going on. They're going to talk to each other and they're going to say stuff like that. Like, like, I don't know, Paul, like we've been at this for four days now, you know, and Josh is like, we keep skipping school, man. My parents are going to kill me, you know. Right. <laughs> And, and he's like, you know, this is like, wait, this is a waste of time. Like, you know, there's got to be a better way to find out who this kid is. Nobody over here seems to know who he is. And then they just hear a voice like, you guys looking for me? Oh, shit. <laughs> and maybe it's Ryan. I don't know where you were going with this, but I'm just thinking like maybe it's Ryan, you know, who's just like in the dark alleyway. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like this. So. So. Yeah. We. We do the thing where they. They go to Shelbyton. You know. They see the missing kid posters. No one knows who this Ryan kid is. Like. I. I like that idea of having them like draw up like a Have you seen this kid type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they go all around town and like everyone's like No. No. Never heard of him. Never seen him. You know. And maybe yeah. Like they're they're hanging out in an alley like behind like the drugstore. Maybe they they go and buy some Twinkies and and fucking Pepsi's or whatever. <laughs> and they're sit, sitting in the in the alleyway like discussing this. And yeah, like to your point, you know, Josh was complaining about we can't keep missing school. You know, maybe Sam is very adamant about like I know he has to be around here. You know, maybe uh, you know Mike is just like you know along with Josh like you know I don't want to get in trouble like you know just kind of. Mm-hmm. They're all freaking out. And Tammy's like, you know, you know, we already caught who who got my brother, you know, that kind of thing. Like, she still thinks Mr. Brown did it. Um, but, yeah, then have like the kid come out of the shadows and just be like, why are you looking for me? Oh, there and, you go. And just have them be like, holy shit, like, uh, where'd you come from? And he's like, don't worry about it. Why are you looking for me? Mm-hmm. And then have them kind of explain like, you know, hey, um, you know, that we, we we caught that guy. Like, what was he doing with you? And maybe have him him be like, you know, that that guy was a psychopath. Like, you know, he's the reason all these kids have been missing, yada, yada, yada. And then maybe have like Mike speak up and be like, but more kids have gone missing since he's been arrested. And then like have Ryan just kind of look at him with this like, like just this kind of like, what the fuck? Why are you talking? Kind of like, yeah, exactly. who asked you, little yeah, kid? Yeah. This like, listen here, fat kid, shut up. You know, that type of look. Um. <laughs> So maybe, you know, like they're kind of scared of him, but like Paul stands his ground is like, okay, well, you know, maybe you can help us. Like, why are, why are all these kids missing? Like, you know, we're, you know, we, we stopped Mr. Brown, you know, and, and he had you, why did he have you, you know? And like, he's, he's very adamant about it. And maybe Ryan says something like, because I knew his secret and I'd be like, what secret? Have him just like walk away. So it's like, so now we're like, well, what, what the fuck? Like what's going on? Um, but eventually, like, you know, like maybe they they come back like uh, a, another day or something like he 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 walks away and they lose him. They can't figure out where he is. Mm-hmm. So now they're like, all right, we got to figure out what the fuck is up with this kid. Um, so they go, you know, go looking for him. And and again, like, you know, we do the the montage out in the woods, traipsing around looking, you know, do it, doing that thing. And maybe they find like a little clubhouse. So something out in the woods, like some kind of shack or shanty in the woods. Um, and we find that this is this is where Ryan's been hiding out. So it's like, who is this kid? Like, is he like a runaway? Like what's going on? Um, what I obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're on the same page. I am where Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to culminate with this kid is a fucking vampire. Yeah. And he's been slowly building a vampire gang of kids. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's not just killing the kids. He's like taking them. Oh, okay. Okay. Shit. I'm glad you said that because now it's like all coming together. Okay. Yep. So <laughs> the kids need to do a little bit of sleuthing and the sleuthing can't just be like showing around missing 
person posters and like f- secretly following people. So what if like when Ryan, you know, he walks away after their little encounter in the alleyway, maybe he like turns a corner and they go to follow him and he's just gone, like <laughs> disappeared somehow, you know, right. like, very creepy. But then they are like, now they're real freaked out. So now they all agree. Paul's like, you know, tomorrow, dawn, meet me at the clubhouse. We're coming back here. Like, we got to find this kid. And now no one's arguing. No one's whining about skipping school again. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So then the, the next day with like with fresh eyes, they're like, OK, we got to find this kid. You know, no one seems to know who he is. He's obviously in town. And this is where, I don't know, Sam or Josh or somebody is going to be like, OK, well, we got to be smart about this. Like no one in town can help us. So we can only do this by ourselves. What do we know about this kid? Well, you know, he's real, real pale and skinny. Uh, okay. That doesn't help. What else? It's like, well, he was wearing, you know, uh, you know, Doc Martens or whatever. And they're like, okay, good. You know, whatever he, my point being that like, they're going to, um, they're going to try to like, you know, get all sleuthy, but realize that they have like no clues to go on, you know, like <laughs> his Doc Martens and his, you know, shaggy black hair and his, you know, uh, sunken eyes like that. There's no clues to go on there. They don't really know anything else. They all they know is they saw him in that one alleyway. So like, well, we got to start somewhere. Yeah. So they go off through the woods, like you said, but maybe because they're going to a different at some point, you know, Paul's going to be like, hey, this way, guys. And like, no, no, Shelby Town's over here or Shelby Tins this way. And he's like, no, but we saw him out by, over by the alley on the edge of town, like shortcut, you know, and and then as they walk into the woods, it's getting real muddy. And then somebody, Sam or somebody's like, look, look at and there's footprints. And it's like, you know, Converse all stars. And they're like, see, I told you it'd be important. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. just like it's like the dumbest clue ever, you know, which right. I think is kind of fun. But it's something. So, you know, yeah, they it's follow also it. something that kids would notice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they follow the footprints for a little while, and then maybe the footprints just, like, stop dead. Not even – there's nothing there. They just, like, what the fuck? Like, the footprints just stop in the middle of nowhere. Like, what's going on? But, of course, they're going to push on anyway. Well, just keep going in the same direction. We'll find something. And, yeah, yeah. So then, to your point, they come across, like, a clubhouse, and they're like, oh, cool. Like, this is just like ours. But, man, this dude's just, like, way bigger. Where do you get all this shit from? He must have been building this for a long time. And it's like Jason Voorhees is, like, Shaq in the woods. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what happens when they get there, but or if Ryan's there or if it's empty, maybe they go in and look around and it's nothing. But all I'm thinking is when they go to leave, they're just completely surrounded by a circle of like missing kids all staring at them with like blood red eyes. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's creepy. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think, they, yeah, they should they should go inside the, the clubhouse and look around and like maybe maybe it's empty, you know, or to their, you know, to their knowledge, it's empty. Um, they're looking around. They're not seeing anything. And like, yeah, maybe when they when they go to leave, I, I like the idea of having Ryan confront them first. Like, why are you following me? You know, mm-hmm. and be like, you know, I, I'm, I'm out here because I, I want to be left alone, you know, and have them be like, well, dude, like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you were abducted and then you just disappeared like what's going on and then yeah maybe like uh like I, I like the idea of the being surrounded maybe it's starting to get like darker out you know like it's starting to get mm-hmm. a little little later at night and and have ryan be talking to him like you know i can't have pe- i can't have you guys showing people where i am you know i can't have people knowing where i am and then while he's talking we hear like clattering and stuff inside the clubhouse and right. it's like what is that you know so maybe maybe tammy 
turns around and she sees like red eyes looking at her out from out of the window and like she oh, jumps shit. and she's like you know, she's like oh guys you know and then like they turn back and maybe ryan's like walking toward them being like i can't let you guys leave and then have like the door break open and you see all these other kids come running out with like the red eyes and surround them so like have like maybe there was like an underground layer aspect to the to the clubhouse or they were up in the rafters sleeping because they're vampires or something like that but something that the kids totally missed so we we have yeah yeah like know, they, they were in that shack and like they didn't see anything but somehow those other kids are in there and, yeah yeah and maybe we have like ryan is maybe when they come out of the shack ryan isn't like right there maybe he's like in the woods he's it's almost an uncomfortable distance away to try to talk to somebody you know like it's right. one of those one of those things you do to, in a movie to make it more uncomfortable than it needs to be where like you you're almost having to shout but not exactly you know right <laughs> um and then yeah it's so you know that's you know maybe tammy turns and she sees like glowing red eyes and she's like oh guys we gotta get out of here and yeah you know like some you know creepy vampire kid comes out of the shack and then another one and another one and then you know maybe the kids are just like fucking beat it and they scatter right yep. <laughs> because because of course they would you know and but as they go to run you know uh sam is running looks back over her shoulder looks back forward again and fucking skids to a stop because there's a kid just right in front of her like where the fuck did this kid come from and right. sa- same thing you know josh is booking it like you know maybe he drops his like paperback stops to pick it up and then like some other hand grabs it you know <laughs> and it's like another red-eyed kid like fuck where, do, where are they coming from like our, our our heroes are not getting very far away. They're getting surrounded. But and again, I don't know how far into the story we want, we want to get. But it would be perfect if Paul is the one who breaks away from the group, like gets around, yes. maybe you know dodges around another uh, red eyed kid or two, takes off. He's looking back on over his shoulder, and maybe he's cursing himself for like fuck, I can't leave them, you know. But he's scared, and maybe he stops to catch his breath and is like, he's like looking back, like, do I go save him? And he's like, no, I gotta go, whatever. And then as he's sitting there trying to make up his mind, he goes to run again, and fucking Dominic is right there, staring oh! at him with those red eyes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because I was going to have something similar a little later, but I love having it here. So, so yeah, so we, we have that entire scene, how you said, like the group scatters one by one. We see like, we don't see if they get taken, but one by one, we see the kids like run into a, you know, another vampire and like, mm-hmm. then we cut to the next kid, you know, and then we cut to the next kid. And then we, we end that mm-hmm. with, with Paul, you know, like, like, like you said, like he's running, maybe he like, Maybe uh, Ryan is like right in front of him and he's like, I can't allow you to leave. And mm-hmm. like he, he like he maybe he grabs Paul and Paul just fucking socks him in the jaw, just like fucking hauls <laughs> off and punches him. And have yeah. Ryan like Ryan stagger back and, and like maybe he just like wipes the blood from his lip and like smiles and he's like, you'll make a worthy addition. And Paul just fucking runs. So and like <laughs> right. while he's running, like, you know, maybe he's, he's he's like scattering through the woods and he hears people screaming. He's like, I can't leave my friends. What am I doing? Like, I, he's freaking out. And then he turns and like and then, like you said, like have Dominic standing there staring at him and being like, yeah, about leaving your friends behind, you know, just like come toward him. Dun, like, dun, dun. Right. <laughs> so it's like, oh, shit, vampire boy. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. Okay, I have no idea where this goes after this. I don't know what the big culmination of this is, but I really like this idea of, like, a vampire child serial killer slash abductor. But, yeah, it's a cool twist to not have any of the kids be dead, but just have them all turned into vampires in the woods. 
Right. Well, and that's and that's the thing. Like we're going to be playing with some some vampire tropes here in a minute. Um. So we have like you know yeah maybe like maybe Paul you know we have the the fight between Paul and Dominic. Like Dominic goes to attack him. You know like Paul struggling trying not to get bit. You know, and it's like, you know, the Dominic's like screeching at him, like, you know, we see like the fangs and the red eyes and the saliva and all that. And like, you know, Paul maybe hits him with a rock and like takes the fuck off. Just like, what the fuck? You know, have him like him. I want to have Paul like actually make it home and like be hiding yeah. in his bedroom, like terrified. And then like while he's sitting there, like do the thing, do the like pull, like literally pull the Salem's lot, like have him look up because he hears something at the window and he looks out the window and it's at night at this point. And we see Ryan with Dominic and a bunch of the kids, including his friends. Mm -hmm. So have yep. them all just standing there, like kind of smiling, like, you know, come on, join us like that type of mm -hmm. a thing. And have Paul like freaking out, you know, doesn't know what to do, because now it's like he doesn't have he doesn't have his, uh, you know, his brainy sidekicks. Uh, so he has yep. like no clue how to get out of this. Um so, you know, the, the next day, like have him just like cowering in his room the entire time. And again, we're we're going by by vampire logic. So they can't come in because they weren't invited in. So they just okay. kind of kind of stand outside and like taunt him all night. Um, you know, the next day, like Paul has to come up with a plan, like he's got to figure out a way to like fight back. Right. So maybe he like sneaks back into Mr. Brown's lair <laughs> like and tries to get some gear. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, he realizes the jugs of water, maybe those, those are holy water jugs, you know, and he realizes that like, you know, the crosses that were sharpened to points, like these were his weapons, like, you know, the chains with the rosary. So, you know, so he gears up, right. So he's like, he's like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking fight these kids. Got to have um, that classic like eighties, nineties action movie scene with all the, the close-ups of like the gear, you know, you put Puts on like a bandolier and like has this, you know, little uh, bandolier of like little sharpened crosses. And, you know, yep. he has his, uh, his uh, holy water like uh, canteens hanging from his belt, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, he like puts black under his eyes, you know, that whole shit. Uh, <laughs> um, let me back up just for a second, because I think it'd be cool if while he's like cowering in his room, Paul, who's been this tough guy the whole time, he's always been the tough guy. He's never really shown weakness, but he's scared right now. And mm. I think we should show that. And I mean, yeah, he goes to this Catholic school. He's never expressed any interest in the religion. It's probably just convenient for his parents for some reason, but, you know, or maybe his parents are Catholic, but I'm just thinking like, he's going to grab like the crucifix off the wall that he would have never fucking looked at twice before right. he's going to grab it and kind of like cower with it and you know just sit there and he's under his bed just like you know kind of shaking doesn't know what to do while he's being taunted like invite us in paul you know and, right um so yeah the next morning it's like we do that we do this like smash cut to like you know the sun is up and it's quiet and the birds are chirping and he wakes up under the bed maybe in a startle from like a dream like oh my god and he has this uh crucifix still and it just now that it's like the literal like light of day he can think for a second he's not scared he had a chance to get a little shut eye he's gonna like look at that cross and the cross is gonna remind him of yeah mr brown he had those crucifixes all sharpened you know to your point it's kind of the connection of like okay i gotta i gotta go get some of that stuff so on his way out the house he's like grabbing crosses and crucifixes and, and rosaries and maybe his parents are like you little shit where are you going with that stuff <laughs> you know <laughs> right 
<laughs> um, I, I just want to back up for a sec. So like the, 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 have the sequence at night where they're, they're taunting him, like have it get to a point where like, you know, he's cowering in the corner, holding the, the rosary, like you said, but like, we hear them like climbing on the roof. We hear him like knocking on the walls, Ooh, knocking yeah. on the window, like Ooh, all uh, over the place. Like, and he's just like shaking back and forth and then maybe like have it culminate with like the window breaking open. And then that's when Paul wakes up. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So like a cool we jump. Yeah, we have that like the little nightmare moment. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and I, I can picture his dad banging on the wall, like "Shut up in there!" You know? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. No idea. His house is literally crawling with vampires, and he's just like, "Shut the fuck up, you little punk!" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So have him go to Mr. Brown's lair and like gear up. I think he should do that. But then I also I think he should try to maybe free Mr. Brown. I think he he needs help he needed help before with his friends so what if he goes to the police station and again these are supposed to be like crafty kids that he were doing a little sleuthing you know a little you know breaking the rules a little detective work so you know maybe he's gonna you know pull like a bill and ted or something i don't know (laughs) he's gonna try to go to the police station and try to figure out a way how do i get mr brown out of there because i need his help you know Mm -hmm. um I don't know. Maybe he goes and just tries to just tell them face value. And they're like, it's not fucking Halloween kid. Like, what are you doing here with all that shit on, you know, <laughs> get out of here, you little punk, you know, but maybe while he's in the building, like he, it's just, this a little town and maybe they, it's been like a couple of days. They probably just have him in a holding cell, like waiting yep. to be tra- transferred to some, you know, like County courthouse or something. But he, so uh paul's gonna maybe scope out the place just enough to kind of know like okay you know i i I, that dude's got the keys and that dude's like stuffing his face with like donuts or something just enough information to kind of know if i can get back in get the keys sneak past uh you know uh powdered sugar man and you know i could probably get to the cell in time before they stop me or you know something like that right um now, do we want to actually have him get Mr. Brown out or just get advice from Mr. Brown? I, th- I think it would be more fun to let the kids be the hero. That's a really good idea that you just by asking the question, it kind of makes it clear that it's better if Mr. Brown doesn't actually get out. Let the mm. kids let the kid be the hero of the kid movie. And but yeah, I definitely think getting some information from Mr. Brown is the trick. So. Paul's going to like try to steal the keys. Maybe he can't, but he manages to sneak in past the cops, gets to Mr. Brown. And he's like, oh, I couldn't get the keys, but I got to get you out of here. Like, you know, like I, I get it now. And, you know, ha- let them have a conversation mm-hmm. where Brown's going to be like, look, I know what you why you did what you had to do. You know, that's not important right now. Like, obviously, you know about these guys. I see what you're wearing. Like, here's the skinny. And then he's going to kind of tell him tell him the backstory on, you know, it's a he's a he's a vampire like out of the movies, kid. I swear to God, I've been, you know, hunting these guys for years. You know, I've been I followed him, you know, across the state, you know, and they set up camp here. So I got a job as the janitor and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's going to kind of tell him, like, you got to use, you know, the holy water won't kill him, but it'll hurt like a bitch. You got to use a stake. You know, I use the crucifixes for a little extra fuck you you know <laughs> and, and and that's the thing like maybe he can say something along, along lines like we can bring up some of the rules here so like like yeah like you said like the holy water uh won't kill him but it'll burn him like it'll hurt him uh maybe he te- like m- maybe even like like uh paul will point out like yeah but we we saw ryan during the day like why didn't he die if he's like a vampire and have him be like you know kid the, the movies aren't 100 percent accurate like mm-hmm. yeah they can go out in sunlight but they can't feed 
they have to they have to hide their their feeding under the cover of night. They're, there you they're go. like have them basically be like they're weak during the day, you know. So yeah. that that's why they hide out. Um, and have them Ooh. do something. Oh, good. I'm sorry. Give me one of those thoughts. Is that they're weak during the day. I'm like, you know, when they saw Ryan and Shelbyton, our group of kids, you know, he was this scrawny, pale, sunken-eyed little emo kid. But maybe when they see him at night, like he's like bigger, he's thicker, he's stronger, and maybe that's oh. part of why he he literally gets bigger. Not like you know Schwarzenegger, but he's like yeah. thicker at night. Like he he it's like he, it's almost like he's shrinking and shriveling during the day if he stays right. out in the sun for too long. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just thought that'd be a cool well, little thing to add. And I mean, again, that makes sense with, with vampires, because, again, we, we see that all the time where you'll have the shrunken little mumra looking fucking vampire and then they'll feed and they'll turn into like this bulky, like, you know, thick barrel chested kind of monster. Um, you know, I'm immediately thinking again of like Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, you know, where it's like he's he's the little the old man with the butthead hairdo. Uh, but, you know, when he's mm-hmm. when he's attacking, he's a fucking monster. Um, but yeah, so we, we could have him do that, like where he explains the different rules, uh, you know, that basically anything through the heart, whether it be, uh, well, maybe, maybe not anything, but yeah, a a wooden stake through the heart, silver, that kind of thing. Uh, but he'll, he'll tell him maybe like the, the chains with the rosaries were just to hold them in place, you know, because it hurt, it hurts them. Um, Mm -hmm. and and maybe he can, he reminds me, he's like, look, any holy symbol is not going to work for you if you don't have faith in it. You know, he reminds okay. him, like, that's how these kids were going to Catholic school just fine. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're surrounded by holy symbols. If the people around them don't have faith in it, like, it's not going to hurt them. So yeah. we'll we'll take, like, the Fright Night thing. So now, no, that's good, too, because, of course, Paul's not really going to believe in it at first. You know, maybe and maybe there'll be a scene at some point where he goes to stab Ryan. Big triumphant, you know crucifix stake stab right in the chest and then have ryan be like oh you thought that was gonna work you know yeah <laughs> and it's like oh shit like this is this is worse than we thought it was i mean and of course we, we have to have the whole like beheading also works because that's 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 mm-hmm. been true across pretty much every vampire lore i've seen uh if you if you behead the vampire you know or burn the and burn the body uh you pretty much you know kill the vampire um but yeah so like have him have him talk to mr brown get all this information and have Mr. Brown be like, look, you have to get him during the day. Like, don't try to fight him at night. You will not win. You know, and ha- have him be like, that's why I got him when I did. Like, that's why you guys saw me on a Saturday morning, you know, dragging this kid back to back to my my house because he was powerless at that time. He's like, so fight him during the day. Um, so maybe that's the thing. Like, Paul goes back to the woods, like all geared up, like mm-hmm. ready for a fight. And, uh, you know, maybe like one or two of the vampire kids are left behind to like try to, you know, try to fuck with Paul. But, um, you know, like the, the rest of the kids aren't there, you know, yeah. and it's like, well, yeah, maybe as Paul gets closer and closer to Ryan's uh, shack, you start to hear that creepy, like little kid laughter in the woods. That's, you know, perfect for horror movies, you know, right. <laughs> like very atmospheric, like they're just. You know, they're laughing like it's it's hilarious. Paul has come back. They're like, oh, look, look at all his little crosses, you know, yep. um, but it would just be very unsettling for Paul. Yeah. But maybe he gets all the way to the shack. Maybe he like kicks the door in crucifix stake at the ready. Ah, but like it's fucking empty, you know, just mm-hmm. like before when they got there. And it's like, what the hell? And, you know, either he has to go and find him or, 
it, it was just a, a little dupe out because then he's going to get like, you know, kicked in the back real hard and turn around and oh shit, there they are, you know? Right. Well, what, I, what I'm thinking is like, have, have him looking around. Like he, he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't know where they are. Um, but eventually like, you know, like I said, there, there, there are those kids cause we heard the giggling. So like he finds like maybe one or two of them. maybe they're like sitting up in the rafters of the clubhouse. Like it just, it's only like eight feet up in the air, but they're like above him and they're kind of like giggling and mocking him. And basically telling him that, you know, Ryan has your friends. So it's like, maybe they're not turned yet. You know, so it's the whole thing of like, uh, you know, your, your friends could still live, mm-hmm. but you bet, you know, you have to leave us alone. That like that type of a thing, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and then like have have maybe, uh, you know, or, or maybe maybe they don't say like, leave him alone. Maybe they say like, you know, meet him at the school at like, you know, 10 tonight or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like they basically are calling him out at night where yeah, and, and Mr. Brown. Out. And Mr. Brown had specifically said, don't fight him at night. You know, that type yeah. of a thing. Yeah. So. No, that that's good. Okay. I think it'd be funny, too, if while Paul's looking around in the little shack, as the camera looks past Paul, we're seeing glowing red eyes in, like, the shadows behind him. But every time he turns, there's nothing there. So it's like only the audience is seeing that he's surrounded by, like, you know, like the eyes of vermin, but like every time Paul turns, it's like, there's something there, you know, it's like, it would just be super creepy. (laughs) Um, Okay. So that begs the question though, of why does Ryan want to call Paul out? Why doesn't Ryan just take him down or, you know, wait for nightfall and take Paul. Like he took all the other kids. Like we need to, we need a a, a solid reason to defend, you know, so we don't have a plot hole that, would explain why Ryan doesn't just attack Paul right then and there or, you know, stall until nighttime. What's so special about Paul? Well, I I think it would be a combination of a couple of things. It would would be number one, like Paul knows what's going on. Like Paul could expose them and like, and and their, their plan is only going to work if they can kind of stay hidden. Like, you know, he's, he's building this vampire game again, remember they're, they're kids. So they're not that smart. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> right. Ryan is just like, I want to build my gang of vampire kids. Like, so I have a group, I have a posse. Um, but this, this guy could ruin it all for me. Um, and you know, I, I've spent too long, like working on this to like, let it all be ruined by one asshole. Like it could be that type of a thing, or maybe Dominic could be like, you know, you know, I want him as one of us. You know, I want my okay. friend on our team, like that kind of a thing. Um, oh, OK. It, it, we could do a little bit of both. Right. It could be Paul's in the shack. It's pretty early in the morning still. And, you know, he's there like ready for battle. But it's like there's no battle. You know, it's like, right. uh, you know, it's kind of anticlimactic. But, yeah, he's like hearing the whispers and the voices. And then he goes to leave and Ryan is there, you know, and, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe Ryan says, like, you know, uh, Dominic says you're the best of them. You know, you're. You know, you're the you're the strongest, you're the smartest. You know, Dominic wants you to join our little family. You mm-hmm. know, if, if you ever want to see Dominic again, you know, meet me at nightfall at the school and then, you know, he disappears or runs off at like super speed or, you know, something right? something creepy. Well, I think what it, it should be like, I, I don't because, again, they're they're weak during the day. So maybe have like the, the, the little kids that he left behind, mm-hmm. you know, at the shack to like meet with Paul mm-hmm. um, to have them be like, you know, you know, Dominic and Ryan want you to meet, you know, meet at, uh, you know, meet at the mm-hmm. school at 10 o'clock, you know. And it's like if you ever want to see your friends alive again, like that type of thing, like they they okay. taunt mm-hmm. they taunt him to go there. But meanwhile, the real reason, like once he gets there and like, you know, he he goes to like do the showdown 
that's when we find out, like, maybe, like, Ryan is, like, at this point, like, he's kind of doing the villain speech, revealing the plan. Um, mm. So, like, have him kind of, like, walking around and being like, you know, I, at first, I just wanted to kill you. You know, but Dominic convinced me that you're a worthy addition to our little family and kind of like have him like circling Paul talking and like, you know, maybe even have him say like, you know, I haven't turned your friends yet. I haven't decided if they're going to be one of us or just food. Um Kind of like have him like taunting Paul, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he maybe Ryan wants to see what he can do. Like, he's like, OK, you know, yeah. you, you, you're saying this kid's so badass. Let's see what he can do. Um so like I, I want the, the, this this fight to kind of like maybe it's like in the gymnasium or something at the school <laughs> like they break in and they're like in the dark gym you know just like like a, you know Paul walks in looking around and he gets fucking hit in the head with a basketball or something like that <laughs> yeah you yeah know? um so yeah a perfect so they, nightmare for you know like a non athletic middle school kid is to have to like have a showdown in the gym <laughs> and that's the thing like maybe ryan's kind of a jock you know like he's kind of like a like you said he's he looks scrawny during the day but like when he when he's in his full vampire form he's all beefy so he's like oh. you know go yeah what what if he's like so i was picturing him as being this kind of like you know emo looking kid of course that wouldn't really make sense for the early 90s i mean yeah you had you know those sort of like metal rocker rocker type of dudes heavy metal dudes around at the time and, right. and that would be that would be fine but yeah i think it kind of would make sense and almost be even creepier if it was like the misfits versus like the mega jock and what if ryan is like uh he has like a baseball like letterman jacket on and you know just yes. jeans and sneakers but you know and maybe he wears a baseball cap pulled really low over his eyes to like shade the sun you know that kind of thing yeah. so it's almost like he was the captain of the team or you know he's you know he stole the captain of the team's clothes when he made him a vampire or something right uh yeah that would be kind of interesting too. take him to the gym and you know kind of fuck with him with uh basketballs or at some point come at him with like a literal like baseball bat like it's my vampire bat bitch <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking hilarious vampire bat i love it <laughs> <laughs> oh man Stole that from The Walking Dead, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> oh, that's that's fucking funny. But that'd be good. Um, yeah, it, it, it'd be sort of like you know the the ultimate misfit versus like the ultimate jock. <laughs> right. Well, I, I mean, and and while yes, the, the Walking Dead did use that joke, it's still different because this is a vampire wielding a bat, saying <laughs> exactly. it's a vampire. that's why it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's still yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> and it's the early '90s. The Walking Dead doesn't exist yet, so <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, so fuck them. Um, but. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think like so we're gonna have this this big like this big showdown, like you said, like you know they they get in the in the, in the gymnasium, um, you know uh, Ryan's fucking with Paul, like he's throwing maybe he's like hiding in the shadows, like throwing basketballs at him while he's talking, and uh, you know then he comes out and the and the two fucking fight, like they they have a fight, like he's kicking the shit out of Paul, like maybe he like boots him through the doors like into the uh, into the like mm-hmm. the pool area of the, you know how like every gym had like that attached pool. Yep. Um, so like boots him in there and it's like, you know, they're, they're fighting, you know, by the side of the water and all that. And like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have something like, like, uh, Ryan, like tackles Paul into the water or something like that and have Ryan be like, you know, kind of freaking out or not Ryan. I'm sorry. Uh, Paul gets tackled and we'll have Paul freaking out being like, like, he looks like he's going to die. Right. He's, he's, yeah. he's like, Ryan has him and he's like laughing at him and being like, you know, you weren't any threat at all. You were never a threat to us and have like, have Ryan piss himself or have uh, Paul piss himself and it'd be, it'd like start like you know Ryan starts laughing at him like oh my god you're you're actually peeing yourself you know and he's like yeah but I drank a lot of holy water first and have him be like ow ow what the fuck <laughs> that'd be hilarious 
<laughs> so like Ryan has to jump out of the water because Paul drank a shitload of holy water. Oh man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't think that's oh, ever man. been done. No, no, that's pretty amazing. It's like <laughs> have holy holy piss. Holy piss. There you go. That's awesome. Um okay. So I don't know if it works here or before when Paul or when Ryan was talking, but I want Paul to like have a revelation because I don't think we should end the fight just here. This is that's a great way to kind of have like uh, have them fight and, you know, end it with like this awesome little twist where he kind of takes Ryan down a peg. But I wanted to give Paul like a breather, like a minute to get away, because Ryan, when he says like, oh, I haven't, you know turned your friends yet like i'm you know i'm still deciding you know or maybe maybe he said that before and now while he's like screaming from the holy piss <laughs> you know maybe he could be like that's it like i'm turning all your friends into my you know vampire minions just for that you little punk and then paul in like a moment of clarity is like that's right you haven't changed them yet they're here somewhere and then he just turns and runs because he realizes okay. that the fight is stupid but his friends are in the building somewhere and the reason i'm thinking mm. this is again just cutting forward a little bit from a storytelling perspective it's going to be so much more satisfying to have the whole group of paul and his friends the whole club of them all get to face ryan together not just paul by himself you know so this is like round gotcha. one now paul's going to realize wait you know I need my I need my friends. I can't do this by myself. And so he's gonna take off running. Ryan's gonna be thinking, you know, get back here, you coward. You know, mm-hmm. I always knew you were a little pussy or whatever. And um, but as you know, when Paul's running, you know, he he's trying to think to himself, like, you know, shit, shit, like where do I go? <laughs> like they're they're here somewhere. Maybe he's yelling for them, you know, you know, Josh, you know, Mike, you know, Sam, where are you guys? And maybe the, maybe the other vampire kids are like, you know, jumping out of classrooms or jumping out of lockers you know trying to like you know get in his way and uh whatever and they're you know maybe he starts to realize as he's running around that you know like okay so they don't want me to leave they got to be in here somewhere i don't know help, help me to figure this out like he, he's, he needs to find his friends either they're all in separate places or they're, maybe they're all like you know tied up somewhere like in the in the principal's office or some shit um but i think it would be so much more interesting if he finds his friends and then they can go on the offensive you know turn around and be like you know let's hunt these bitches you know yeah yeah no i like that so okay yeah we have him have him like run from the from the pool area like run across the gym and like while he's running across the gym like you hear like the vampires hissing like that we see them like they're they're behind him but not super close so like maybe like we see him jumping out of the shadows and like he runs out of the gym and maybe like he you know he he slams something like a chair or a garbage can or something to like kind of like wedge the door closed so they have to like go around mm-hmm. the other way and like he's running through the school screaming for his friends and then like yeah like like you said like they're all in a classroom together so have like you know they're all tied up and gagged in the classroom you know, he gets him, he cuts the ropes open, he like pulls the gags off. He's like, are you, are you guys OK? Are you? And they're they're fine. They haven't been turned yet. So they're freaking out like, oh, my God, we got to get the fuck out of here. And they're like, no, we're, we're, we're never going to be safe if these things are still out there. We got to stop them. And like, wait, so he, he gives the weapons to like all his friends. So now they all have like, you know, mm-hmm. a point, a pointy cross and like <laughs> maybe like a little canteen of holy water or something. Um, you know, so, yeah, like you said, they, they go on the offensive. So. They, they get out of the, the room and maybe we see like the gym, you know, the door is busted open. So like they, they did get out, but now the school, yep. is, the school's quiet. So 
so they're like walking around the school and like we hear the giggling and we hear the laughter maybe like you know ryan is talking from somewhere maybe he gets on the pa even and he's just like oh you know, yeah we're, we're gonna find you like you know it's, it's like let the hunt begin that type of thing and have like the vampires coming out of everywhere and like yeah maybe they have to like they fight a couple of the vampire kids and kill a few of them yeah no this is awesome so what if they're they're using their holy water or whatever, and they do start to take down some of the vampire kids. And maybe at one point, let's say Josh takes down a kid that they know, maybe a kid we've seen before, or maybe that that one kid that they knew from school that got taken earlier on. And, yeah, his his D and D buddy. That's right. Yeah, his D and D buddy, and and uh, and uh, or maybe better yet, oh, better yet. Because they need to have more than just like stakes and crosses and holy water. So what if one of the things that Paul gears up with is like a bow and arrow, but it's like one of those like toy plastic bow and arrows, but he's got like actual like, you know, like wooden like dowels that he sharpened for it, you know? <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So what if Josh has that and like this one kid's running and Josh is like pulling the string and he's like, Bill, no, like don't stop. And then you see Paul like splashing with holy water. He goes screaming to the ground. He's just yelling, not dead, but maybe Paul's like, these are our friends. Like we can't kill them. And suddenly now there's like more drama of like, oh, shit. Like, how are we supposed to fight all these vampires? We can't even kill our friends. Oh, okay. What what if we do? Okay, one of the things we're, we're gonna have to back up to to Mr. Brown giving him information. Maybe have him say something along the lines of like the reason that he wanted to kill Ryan in particular was because the whole thing of if you kill the head vampire, okay, you, yeah, you can revert, like you can save those who have been turned. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's something like that, like, you know, hey, I don't know if this will actually work. Like everything I've read says that this could happen, but I've never seen it. I've never seen a nest this big, you know, and have him say something like if you kill the head vampire, you can save the other kids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So now they're like, we can't kill these kids, but they're trying to kill them. So it's like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, Paul can say that, like Paul splashes this bill kid with holy water. So he goes down and he tells Josh, like, you know, hey, man, that's your friend. Like, we can't stop these guys. We got to get to Ryan. Like, he's the head vampire. If we get him, they all go down. Like, come on. You know, and they yep. run off. But of course, now we as the audience know, like, oh, shit, like they can't really kill any of these vampires though they're gonna have to be real good at like you know ducking and dodging and dipping and diving <laughs> right so yeah so we're, we're gonna have them like running you know running through the halls like throwing holy water at vampires as they like try to jump out at them be like oh shit get away you know that type of thing have mm -hmm. them have them run and run and run and like maybe they they like they have to find where ryan is like they heard him on the pa so they break into the principal's office he's not in there they're like fuck where do we go so like running all over the place and the, the thing i want him to get back to is i want him to get back to the gymnasium specifically with the the bleachers you know with the, the bleachers that close oh yeah, yeah um so like you know maybe like have have the fight happen in there like we, we get back to the gym we see him standing there and like you know maybe like he's surrounded by other his little his little vampire minions and, and you know they 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 go to town they start fighting so we have them like you know the 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 good guys like throwing holy water at the vampires and trying to like avoid being bit while paul is trying to kill ryan and like you know they're it's 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 an all-out brawl between the, the the vampire kids and the regular kids and then like maybe have ryan get the upper hand enough where you know paul has to escape and like he runs and he runs behind the bleachers and then we have like ryan chasing after him like moving through and again ryan's bigger so he's having trouble like moving through mm -hmm. and while he's like running under there i want to have tammy particularly um like have her come up with like a jump rope or something like something that like she grabbed from like the sports stuff that's in the gym like just grab yep. like a jump rope and like 
ties it around one end of the bleachers and like wraps it around uh, Ryan, you know, and tries to like hold him back for a second and have him like hissing and freaking out. And then like maybe like while Paul's trying to get out, maybe Dominic attacks him. So now he's trying like nice. not to hurt, you know, trying not to hurt his friend, but he also has to get out from under the fucking bleachers, like because Ryan's trying to kill him. Um, so we we have Ryan like indisposed at a moment, like kind of tied up, and have like you know Paul fighting with with Dominic. Um, maybe he like he he uh, splashes Dominic in the face with the holy water and like burns him really bad. So like Dominic's freaking out and hissing, and like Paul shoves him out from under the bleachers, gets out. And then yells at Tammy to get out and hits the button to like, you know, pull the, the retract the bleachers. Mm-hmm. So now oh, we yeah. have her jump out and Ryan is like hissing and trying to claw his way out of the, the bleachers. And he gets all the way to the end and like just starts to get out as they clamp shut and like rip <laughs> his head and part of his arm off or something. Nice. And yeah, that's just, awesome. And, and I wanted and, like, to decapitate him. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And, and, and. And as he's trying to get out, like he's strong and he's fast, right? And those bleachers move kind of slow. This would be mm-hmm. the perfect time for, you know, Josh runs up with his bow and arrow, his little plastic bow and arrow with his wooden towels, yeah. and he shoots Ryan in the eye. Ryan's still coming. Yeah. And then maybe, uh, you know, Sam comes up and she's got like a, a bunch of little tiny, uh, like, uh, like little wooden crosses that are like throwing stars and she's just chucking them at him and it's like the whole group's <laughs> gonna come up and start you know throwing shit at him you know maybe uh grimace has a fucking you know water gun full of the holy water he's gonna shoot him with it you know like with the like they did in the lost boys and it's like the whole gang gets to get in on ryan and while ryan is just like struggling to get out from behind the bleachers and he's you know he's screaming and yelling and hissing and smoke's coming off of him and then yeah eventually the the bleachers smash shut and you know off with his head right and like yeah and like maybe like it's you know he's he's not quite dead yet like i'm so i'm not dead yet that whole thing like he's <laughs> he's he's still like gurgling and hissing and like you know maybe like we can hear the body like thumping around under there and maybe paul's like they, they said you know or mr brown said if we decapitate him it would work if we decapitate him. and maybe have like tammy walk up and like grab the you know, the, the, the pointy cross from Ryan's or from uh, Paul's chest, like his bandolier and just like stabs Ryan in the eye with it. <laughs> just like, you know, the littlest kid, like you know, take out the vampire and have him be like, just like hiss and start gurgling. And then we see like the other kids collapse and like, you know, they start to revert back to human form, but maybe they, they have some, they're worse for wear. Like maybe Dominic has like a burn on his face from the fucking holy water. Um, you know, like these kids are mm-hmm. kind of fucked up. So it's like now, you know, we would end the movie with them being like, how do we explain this to our parents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fade to black credits roll. And I don't know how this plays into the whole like Ryan was obviously the head vampire thing. And I don't want to do a total copy of the Lost Boys, but I can't help but think that in a Catholic school with all these vampires and these little kids all running around in like, you know, Catholic school uniforms, by the way, too. Like, that's pretty mm-hmm. creepy, you know, yep. like, either at at, at at the end of the credits or something, there's got to be a scene where we pan into like, you know, Sister Mary's office or whatever. And Sister Carol comes in with like a report of like, you know, the boy failed, Sister. What do we do now? And then have Mary, Sister Mary turn to the camera with her glowing red eyes and be like, you know, uh, I don't know. She has to say something like, you know, uh, the nest was weak, my sister. You know, we must find, you know, more 
you know, I don't know, we must find more victims, more blood, whatever. Some some creepy fucking thing I can't think of right now, but it'd be awesome if it was like secretly the nuns who like brought Paul or brought Ryan to the school. Oh, I fucking love that. So, yeah, so we, we, we do that exact thing. So we have like the mid credit sequence where like the credits start rolling and then, you know, we, we, we fade back in and we see like one of the nuns like, yeah, we'll have Sister Mary like staring out the window and it's like it's it's like early, early morning. So like it, it's still dark out, but like you see the sun kind of rising. And then she's standing in her office and like have like uh, Sister Carol come in and be like, you know, uh, you know, bad news. Like like you said, like the nest was weak. Um, you know, it, it didn't take hold. The nest was too weak, something like that. Like the, the boy mm-hmm. wasn't able to pull it off and have her be like, you know, what now? And she's like, we try again. Like we have to keep trying, um, you know, so maybe maybe it's something like that, like our, our our kind needs all the help we can get or our kind needs all our, all the numbers we can get something along the lines of like they're weak. You know, and have her be like, well, what do we do now? And she's like, well, now we feed and have him turn. And we see like a little kid like chained up in the in the fucking office with like duct tape over his mouth. Like, mm, mm, mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Nice. Like fade back to credits. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I don't know if we, if we just want to save it for like a sequel or if they should mention it, you know, maybe say something, maybe a sister Mary, you know, after Sister Carol says, like, oh, you know, we failed. Like, what do we do now, Sister? And have Sister Mary be like, the boy was weak. Or there's uh, too much faith in this town or something along that along those lines. And then, you know, uh, Sister Catherine, you know, has called us to help her with, with her mission. And th- there's like a manila folder and it has a picture where it says, like, you know, like the uh, the St. Anthony Girls Orphanage or something on it. You know, oh, it's just like, like oh, like shit. Fu- oh, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a whole fucking plan in the catholic church yes <laughs> like exactly. yes i fucking love that where so, like yeah. they were trying to like you know t- trying to like slowly either turn all the kids into vampires or food and like it was their job to get this little school in like hometown usa but now they're gonna get you know they're gonna go uh, have to help you know this other sister with her plan at like the orphanage you know but yeah again but first we feed <laughs> yeah oh, i love it Dude, this went in so many directions that I didn't plan for, and I fucking love it. Like, I'm so happy with this. Yeah, man, this is awesome. Like I said, I had no idea what we were going to do going into it. You had given me a little hint of, like, oh, I have this sort of YA middle school, like, serial killer with a twist horror story. And that was basically all you said. I was like, Mm -hmm. dude, that sounds great to me, you know. And since my idea was based on a a video game, and while video games can be, you know, like, MA rated, I just thought, you know, in general, video game, middle school story, yeah, you know, fright for the whole family. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As opposed to the sort of, like, you know, R-rated horror stuff we normally go for. (laughs) Right. And like this is one of those things like there's something I don't I don't know why, but there's something to me that is always fun dealing with like little kids and monsters where like because it's it's that whole thing of like adults stop believing like adults don't believe in monsters anymore. Mm -hmm. So like it's more fun when the main characters are kids. And I mean, I ain't going to lie. I'm a sucker for a good vampire story. You've heard me say this many times before. Mm -hmm. I hate Hate, hate, hate the lovelorn vampire. I think that's Ugh. stupid as hell. Yep. I want monsters. Because to me, the idea of somebody being in love with a human, if they're a vampire, that's like a dude being in love with a cheeseburger. It doesn't make sense to me. I hate it. It's like, that's your food <laughs> yes, source. <laughs> like, I know. It bugs the crap out of me. Like, I understand turning somebody and being like, you know, okay, now you're one of us. But mm-hmm. like the whole idea of like like oh I I'm I I love this this human like no dude that's a that's a fucking cheeseburger to you stop it like <laughs> right like so that's gross. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for vampire stories. What's funny, too, is the other idea that I had briefly considered doing instead of Look Alive was a vampire story, too. So oh, nice. I'm, I'm glad that I didn't go that route. I didn't go with that one just because I it was more fleshed out than I thought would have been interesting for us to improv together, where it's basically I would have I have the whole like first third of a story you know, the mm-hmm. whole first the whole first act and then I didn't really flesh the rest of it out. Um, you know, one of those ideas where I got all excited about it and wrote a bunch of shit and then kind of forgot about it, you know. Um so that that might be a fun one to revisit someday. Well, and that's the thing, like I wrote a lot of notes for this and then I did that thing that I always do where it's like I wrote way too much and I'm like, nope, and just deleted it was like screw this no start over bullet points only like my notes now are like set in small town usa in the 90s you know uh catholic school sacred heart you know stuff like that that's it um yeah because i'm like i don't want to i don't want to run the story you know and be like oh i was gonna do this i wanted to do the improv and i'm glad because this went in so many different directions that i didn't plan for um in the original concept and it 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 I was getting more and more excited as we were telling the story because I'm like, ooh, I didn't think of that. This is fun. (laughs) Yeah, this is really fun, too. And, yeah, I'm glad we went the supernatural route because at the beginning when you were like, you know, hey, kind of like, where do you want to go? And I was like, well, you know, we could do like the serial killer thing. And I think we could have done something with that kind of – Yeah. Kind of turn the the school shooting – tragedies into something of kind of almost like a social commentary of like a kid who kind of embodies all of the concepts of of school shooting and like this one you know sort of really scary idea but Mm -hmm. man it would have been such a bummer let's just be honest it it would have it would have been interesting and a great you know lesson um but as I said, at the same time, you know, I, I'd like to have fun on this show. And if we get too yeah. dour, too serious, you know, I think it kind of bums things out. And so I would certainly want to watch a movie like that. But, mm. you know, it just didn't seem like it was the right way to go. So I was definitely leaning towards Supernatural. I was leaning toward some sort of a Wendigo style monster in the woods. But I'm glad we went to Vampire Route, too, because, yeah, I, I think it's hard to do a vampire story these days without the obvious like twilight references or interview mm-hmm. the vampire and it's also hard to do a vampire story like a zombie story where you can do something interesting because it's always like okay well what are the rules of being a vampire and as soon as right. you start thinking like that like i start to worry like oh shit like we're gonna do the same cliched bullshit that everyone else did but i think we we put some interesting twists on it yeah you know, with like the, they're weak in the daylight and you have to have faith for you know the, the the holy relics to work and things of that nature i thought those were some pretty interesting twists on classic uh you know tropes well see and that's the thing i i personally love that with vampire stories i i i'm sure you remember all many 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 moons ago like that whole vampire story i had when we were making comic books mm-hmm. um and all the different rules and regulations that i had put on it were a lot of it was taken from other vampire fiction, but it was like doing my own spin on it. And like for me, when when it comes to vampires, the the three main things that I like to uh, to keep always in their in their lore is that you know some kind of stake through the heart, whether it be silver or wood, I don't care because depending on the lore, silver hurts them, wood hurts them, blah blah blah. Uh, stake through the heart kills them. Uh, you know, I like the fact that having like 
like the holy relics or or like religion of some way like because it's supposed to be kind of like a demonic uh a demonic disease let's call it um the idea of like holy artifacts doesn't have to be catholic it doesn't have to be like just a holy artifact something that someone has faith in hurting them i i like that concept it doesn't have to kill them but i like the fact that it hurts them if that person has faith and i like the fact obviously that they feed on blood so it's like those are the three things i always want to keep um no matter what when i do like some kind of vampire fiction but with this like it was you know when when i was i was writing down the ideas like i originally put uh holy water works uh garlic just hurts them uh, let me see. Yeah, it's like food poisoning is what I put for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> makes, makes them sick, yeah. Yeah, because, like, originally I had this concept of, like, you know, when they were trying to figure out who the who the, the vampire kid is, is, like, have, like, you know, it's pizza day at school, and, like, there's a little too much garlic in the sauce, <laughs> and, like, That'd one of the funny. kids gets sick. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like, I, I love playing with those kind of tropes. And, and originally, yes, this... This idea was going to be much darker. It was going to be exactly that, a, a kid serial killer um, that no one was going to believe. Like, every, it was very much like the good son or, or like Mikey or Milo, where it's like, you know, the kids know that this kid is fucking nuts and he's doing horrible things. But like no one in town believes that this kid could be you know, could be the killer and have him actually murdering other kids and, and stuff like that and have it be up to our main cast of characters to stop this serial killing little psychopath. Um, but yeah, it would be very dark. <laughs> it would be kind of a downer. So it's like, you know what, let's let's keep it lighthearted. Let's keep it fun. And um, vampires was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, because because originally I remember when when I was uh, when, when I spitballed that idea to you and we were talking about how dark it was, I was like, where else could I go with it? Like, what could I do? And it's like, vampires was the first thing. Then aliens was the second thing. And I'm like, ah, eh, there seems to be a lot of alien stuff happening right now. Like there's a yeah. lot of alien fiction. I'm like, and don't get me wrong. I would love to do an alien story, but it's like, ah, eh, fuck it. Let, let's go vampires. We haven't done a, a, a vampire story yet on the show. So why not? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I think Aliens is definitely, like, having a moment right now, just like, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, it might have been zombies, and, you know, when the Twilight was a big deal, like, vampires were kind of back, and, yeah, I think, like anything else in pop culture, there are trends, and it's nice to kind of wait until the crest dies down and people kind of care again, you know, before trying to throw your hat into the ring on something like that. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm definitely excited about this. I, I like the idea of you know, small town vampires too. I think that's always really interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, because it's like, I mean, why would you go to like a populated place if you have to like literally kill people to survive? Of course, you'd be in the middle of nowhere somewhere, you know, like 30 Days of Night with Alaska or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and you know, small town children horror is always just kind of a fun a fun way to, to really do anything. Like we could have gone in a lot of different directions, but yeah, dude, I'm glad you brought this to the table. This was super fun. It went in some totally weird directions for me. I had zero notes. I had this vague idea of like middle school horror. That's literally everything else was just, you know, whatever you brought to the table and then just off the top of our heads. But yeah, man, I had a blast with this one. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I really enjoyed it. So I am uh, I am glad we did this, and I definitely want to do more of these because the whole time we were talking, I was getting other ideas for <laughs> other original stories, and I'm like, ooh, like you know, I don't want to I don't want to make Raised by Rentals uh, all about our own, you know, our own ideas. Uh, you know, I, I do want to keep doing the improvs and, and stuff on on known properties, 
but I really hope people are digging these as much as, as we are making them because the, to me, this is like the most fun is, is making yeah. up a complete story and just having, having that moment to like sit there and flesh it out and play with the characters. And honestly, it's make-believe play. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. really what it is. It's, it's imagination play and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. It's just like improv comedy, you know, it's, it's just a good time. And you, know, you and I like to like to tell stories. And so it's fun for us to just get together you know, with a buddy and just, you know, get excited. And, Ooh, what about this? And Ooh, what about that? And yeah, it's always a lot of fun. <laughs> Somebody pissed holy water. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was awesome. Like it caught me off guard for a second when I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> oh I just, man. I, I'll be honest. I had this, this image in my head of like, having paul like push ryan into the water like before these characters were named and have him be like have the vampire be like did you really think that was going to work water won't hurt me and have paul be like but holy water will and he'd be like yeah this is just a pool and he goes yeah but i just peed in it and he's like what ew, ew why because i just drank a whole lot of holy water what oh ow what the fuck it just starts burning <laughs> what the fuck ouch <laughs> yeah that's that's fucking hilarious. I love that. <laughs> kind of, kind of get a get a one up on Ryan for a moment. Yeah, I definitely love that. But I, I like to be able to bring back like the whole group, let the whole group, you know, kind of shine and let this be a story about friends helping friends. So I think you know, there's still a good lesson there, even if it wasn't as as dour and heavy as you know an original serial killer story might have been. Uh, yeah, right. no, I'm glad I had fun with this one because you know it's spoopy season and we like we want to keep things you know spoopy and fun and silly. Uh, and I also love the original improvs. We have a few more cool things planned for this year. You know, we've pretty much just decided, you know what, we're going to push our spoopy season, all horror, all the time theme pretty much through the end of the year because we, we were yep. thinking about our Christmas special, which is going to be a kind of a fun, uh, you know, probably similar to our mousetrap or whose improv is it anyway episode. I think that mm -hmm. one's going to be not exactly the same, but a similar concept where it's just going to be a wild fucking wacky game. <laughs> and that's going to be cool. It's cool. It's going to be some, some original shit. And then, yeah, we've got a cool Halloween special that is based on a Hollywood property, but it's going to be a lot of original things, multiple ideas we're going to have to come up with. So yeah, I think yep. there's definitely, it's definitely a good addition to the show, in my opinion, that we've added in these original improvs. Uh, or even if we start with the kernel of something, you know, from pop culture, uh, I definitely think that this is a, a fun thing to do. We can continue with our Hollywood remakes and improv improves and things like that. But throwing our own stories in uh, is definitely a lot of fun. I think it mixes things up, just like we occasionally do a rental rant or a super gushers, you know, just to kind of keep things interesting. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, you, you have to change things up. Otherwise you get stagnation and it's, it's, it starts to become like a chore, um, which is one of the things that anyone listening to the boogeyman's closet will notice as we've constantly started to switch up how we, how we do the episodes. Like one episode will be, we do go beat by beat through the story and talk more about like scene by scene. And then some episodes like our, our, one of our uh, latest episodes with us, we just talk about the movie and just talk about scenes and don't really go in any real direction. So it's one of those things of, if you haven't seen the movie, you're going to be really fucking confused. Um, if you have seen the movie, you understand what we're getting at, but it's just, you, you have to change things up. Otherwise it gets frustrating. I mean, after uh, almost four years of doing the boogeyman's closet, we needed an update <laughs> we, to make it funny. Yeah. 
yeah, it's always fun to have things evolve too. And you, you, you do your, your specials, like the recent uh, birthday special for Maurice and the back to school special for class of 1999 that I got to be a part of with my brother and Tegan. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's always fun just to kind of mix things up. I think any show needs to evolve over time. And as we eventually get to 2024 and into our third season, Jesus, <laughs> um, <That's> crazy. <laughs> we're going to, I do want to make a couple of couple of minor tweaks to the format. You know, nothing major. It'll still be the same, you know, storytelling techniques that we've done. But I think going forward, we'll just kind of iron out a few wrinkles of and and I'm a the type of person that likes to keep things very consistent. If you know, once we sort of settled on something that I liked, I kept doing it over and over and over and over yep. again because it was like our shtick. And so going into I'm a third same season way. gives us a, yeah, it gives us a chance to mix things up. It's like a nice milestone of like, okay, new year, new season. You know, we don't have to do everything exactly the same way. Uh, and with that, you know, I'll segue into the fact that you mentioned Boogeyman's Closet. I'm not gonna go through all the social media plugs other than to say check us out at raisebarentals.com and at raisebarentals on the social socials and radpantheon.com and at Red Pantheon on the social media platforms for all of our other rad friends doing podcasts and movie makeup and original art and all kinds of uh, really cool creative stuff. So check out Rad Pantheon for lots of other rad creatives doing cool shit. If you like this show, you're definitely going to like at least a couple of the other projects. So check those out on the socials as well. And with that, thanks everyone for tuning into the Raised by Rentals program. Once again, if you had fun with us, visit us, drop us a line, leave us a comment. We hope that you enjoyed this. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Mm-hmm.